Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another Rail Talk with me, Michelle Craven Faulkner from She Smith. And I am thrilled today to be joined by Hayden Bartlett Tasker. Um, I'm not going to explain what Hayden does. I'm going to allow him to do that himself because it is a very broad church that you deal with, isn't it, Hayden? It is, yes. Yes, quite. Quite. So, yes, hello, um, everyone. Um, yeah, so a little bit of background for me. So, I um, work for Crosstech, and we basically specialize in computer vision inspection systems uh, for the for the railway. So what does that mean? Uh, in simple terms, we want to use images and, and video data and do some interesting things with um, AI um, and, and machine learning. We're probably best known for Hubble, which is the uh, AI-assisted system used by Network Rail to inspect the infrastructure, um, but we'll probably get onto more of that sort of stuff a bit later. So hopefully that's a bit of an intro. Absolutely. So I think where we'll start with this is... Is AI currently being used in rail? Yeah. I mean, you've mentioned Hubble, but and, and so you, now is probably the opportunity for you to say a little bit more about Hubble, but where else is it being used in rail? Because I think it will surprise people to know. What, do you think there's a lot or a little? I think there's a lot in terms of the research that, that I've done. I think when a lot of people think about AI, um, I mean, people will think about AI very differently now because of the introduction of chat GPT and things like that. But but I think that most people will still think about AI as being autonomous vehicles, maybe. Yep. Um, I I think that rail, that rail is using AI across a, a quite a broad range of things. Yeah, I would, I would say so. So I think that's a really good observation. Um, let's probably split AI out a bit and break that down because it's a bit of a catch-all. So you have computer vision. That's what we do. And I don't want to turn this into a plug, but I'll, I'll get back to that be my guest. <laughs> um, but then you've 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 also got you know just what we would call sort of general machine learning, which comes under AI. Um, you've also got the the Chat GPT stuff, which is generative AI or uh, unstructured data analytics, etc. So there's these different branches, and I think for rail, I think there's quite a lot in computer vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, us and a, a few others have really driven that in, in that market space. I think there's also quite a lot going on in terms of what I call sort of machine learning, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's basically whether it's supervised or unsupervised or reinforcement learning is taking lots of data from lots of sensors or assets out there on the railway and letting the machines come up with certain insights using um, some quite well-known models. Um, they're probably the most common use cases. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're at the point of autonomous cars or autonomous trains, so to speak. Um, we're definitely definitely not there, but there are some interesting R&D um, activities going on in that space. Um, but they're not deployed on the railway, sort of the autonomous rail vehicle version of the autonomous but it's car. It, but it's interesting because obviously I like to appear a damn sight more knowledgeable than I actually am about these things. And AI is definitely one of those topics where I am I am going to have to hold my hand up to say that I am being a little bit of a dinosaur here. But I actually read that in 2019, Rio Tinto, the mining company um, in Western Australia, they did deploy a heavy haul train on an autonomous basis. Now, we are a long way away from that when it comes to passenger vehicles. But even so, that is, and I would imagine that it was probably in a vast expanse where there was not a lot else around it. But even so, it does show that the technology is there. Yeah, no, that's a really good example. Um, yeah, it's definitely there. It's definitely um, running. I don't know. I can't say to know. I know too much about the the, the Rio Tinto train, but it is definitely an autonomous vehicle. Mm. 
Um, it is probably definitely using some sort of um, computer vision technology somewhere to do some sort of analysis of um, you know what's in front of it, especially as it's got no one on it. Mm -hmm. um, um, but yeah, it, as you said, I don't think it's the, the point in the UK where we're sort of uh, running around with you know sort of lidar systems, radar systems, <laughs> have on sort of the Teslas out there and things like that. So. Yeah. So, so I think at the moment what we're looking at when it comes to AI and RAL is is that there are there's there's clearly stuff out there at the moment which is helping with maintenance, especially predictive maintenance of things. So, you can use algorithms to then have a look and see, identify which which pieces of equipment might be about to fail. It can help reduce the unplanned downtime. Can can extend the asset life by doing some more proactive maintenance. So, so I think that's definitely something. And then there's also some discussion about capacity utilization and utilizing you know the things that we carry around in our hands all the time now anyway our mobile phones and using that to kind of have a look at passenger demand and track access but I think the area where whereas you say it is definitely being used because you're in this space and there are others in this space like for example Sperry Rail with their Elmer product which is looking at track um, track derogation is that safety aspect and it's, it's quite good timing because you know this is this podcast won't be published this week, but we've actually launched Rail Safety Week this week. It's, you know, we're on the day of recording, it's Monday the 26th. And so should we have a chat about Hubble? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Hubble does and how that fits into that safety space? Yeah, sure, sure. Happy to, to talk about that and, and, wide, and, and a little bit wider as well. Yeah, so Hubble, um, first of all, came from First of a Client funding um, and the Eastern region in 2018. And what it does is really simply we take video data captured from the front of trains we process into uh, a bunch of computer vision algorithms um, and from there we're then able to determine um, uh, outcomes according to network rails maintenance standards and then those outcomes are then given to end users and i guess the difference is it takes people off the track which is a really important yep. point for safety you know the phrase boots off ballast but also it can just help in sort of uh, inspection consistency and of course time efficiency you know mm -hmm. it, it takes a long time to walk a track we can do a whole routes data uh, in five days imagine trying to do the equivalent and going to access points walking up them and then and, and then looking you know we've just seen how hot it is i can't imagine mm -hmm. you know that's it's probably quite quite a tough challenge um and we've so, slowly grown through that journey from 2018 um starting with vegetation into other inspection classes and i th and i think you know, so now we're, you know, looking at signal sighting, level crossings, a whole bunch of stuff with track and, and overhead lines as well. Um, you know, with support of Network Rail mm -hmm. um, and obviously industry partners as well. But I think that's a that's quite a an interesting point to sort of reflect on AI generally. I think AI generally really helps get to insight and action. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is kind of, Sometimes it's really nice to sit there and do like the analysis on data or, you know, look at video or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's quite nice to take yourself off in that sort of introverted space, but it's, it's to do that at scale, it's just not really feasible. And it's, and that's the bit I think where AI will really help. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I don't think, you know, when people say, oh, will AI like take our jobs and things like that. I don't think AI will take our jobs at all. I think someone using AI might take your job. Yes. So if you don't sort of get involved with it, and that's not that's broader than rail. Mm, that's absolutely. Just, that's just you've got to accept it's here. Mm. Um, 
yeah, so I think that's that's how I would phrase it. It, it help, AI will help you get to the action or the insight a lot quicker than we have been able to before. You know, whether we're using, you know, lots of manual data crunching, we can actually use machines for that. And they're really, really good at it. Um, so. And that's a really good point, isn't it, though? Because there is there is a lot of kind of fear-mongering at, at the moment. Um, I've listened to a couple of podcasts recently, which have had me absolutely terrified that, you know, if, if we get in the way of what AI is doing, that's it, they're going to turn on it. And, and, you know, Elon Musk, I read a quote earlier on, said, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. I mean, you know, when you then start thinking about passenger trains and AI and how that can work, it gets... It can get to be that quite terrifying a thought, whereas actually you're right. What it's doing is it's helping facilitators doing things more efficiently, um, quicker, more sustainably and, you know, more safely because we aren't having. So, you know, Hubble is essentially and forgive me, I am going to do this no service whatsoever. It is essentially a way of monitoring what's happening on the track when a train goes down it, isn't it? So as you say, if, if vegetation is is coming out over the track, it will pick that up. If there's any um, barrier breaches and things like that, won't it? It'll, is that right? It'll pick up all that kind of thing. So, yeah, we, you know, it's it's picking up inspection cases like vegetation encroachment. So that's vegetation, whether it's closely overhead lines, it might be yeah. the uh, counterbalances, which are the, the weights with the yeah. weights, which help the tension in on the overhead lines. It'll be looking at signal sighting differences and it will just be doing general object classification. So is there a ballast bag here? Mm-hmm. Is there something in the safe cess pathway? And we're sort of broadening out our, our inspection use cases, but yeah, that's what it's, it's there to do. It's there to, basically prevent people either doing track walks which we can't easily do now because of you know safe zone working you know particularly important for safety week or to prevent them watching like endless like hours of video footage and that's the thing like people don't generally like to do that like Mm. like yeah i was made my point earlier we kind of sometimes like doing a bit of data analysis or modeling but if you do that all the time it can get very boring and you can't actually do the bit that you need to do which is going out and make a decision or or improve some sort of asset strategically for you know at the end of the day passengers because it mm. it all comes down to maintaining a, an, mm. an asset more effectively for passengers so yeah and that's where i think ai can be really really helpful and i mean that sincerely i'm not saying that because i uh, you think i'm biased because that's like my business like i generally believe that <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean it, it, it kind of it takes away from that human error point as well, largely. Although, what does happen in terms of the backup? So, you know, we we get to the point where we rely on AI. What is the backstop setting if the AI doesn't work? Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a really really good question, and it depends on the actual use case. Um, and what I mean by use case, like what what is the AI being applied to? Mm-hmm. So I think if we take something, you know, safety critical as the railway, you need to be able to sort of validate the AI model yeah. in the real world. So in our case, it has to be, you know, if you're validating the algorithms, they have to be walked and say, okay, well, what would our sort of normal inspector mm-hmm. um, uh, score this at as compared yeah. to the AI, right? Um, and... Yeah, and I think that's an essential part of any 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 AI, and that and that really should be 
something that's built into the the, the way it's sort of validated. Mm -hmm. But then there's that whole thing, and this is a really interesting topic around sort of the the box that no one can see in, which is AI. And some AI models are very hard to interpret. And there's this whole like domain um, and space in AI, which is down to sort of understanding those models. We don't have time to go into that now. You know, that basically if a human can't replicate it, mm -hmm. therefore it can't be used. And if it takes someone 10 years to replicate that model, then that is what that sort of assurance process is doing. And that's a really interesting space um, um, to see how that sort of emerges. And maybe actually some of the, the generative AI might even help that sort of regulatory space a little bit. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's probably a more difficult topic. <laughs> uh you are more than welcome to come back and we can we can chat about that because obviously you know ai is a hot topic at the moment isn't it there's been a number of people out and said we perhaps shouldn't be looking at ai some from quite surprising quarters um and then there's also all the talk at the moment about regulation of of ai as well where do you see that it going especially in rail where do you see it developing i mean look rail safety critical it will have regulatory guardrails come around it um and i think you know I think that's going on broadly. Chat, chat GPT is, is, you know, um, has, has made it quite popular. It's front of mind and everyone's sort of giving the opinions. I think that a lot of that is also about how to control. Like it's out, like the horse has bolted. Everyone's like, well, what do we do now? Like this is actually like a fundamental change. Like I think we're literally living through sort of um, an industry defining like age. You know how you have like the steam age, you know, to go back to rail, you know, you have the industrial revolution. Yeah. I think we have actually just lived through that horse bolted out and now everyone's trying to put their arms around it. Yes. And, so, and some of that is for like good reasons. Mm -hmm. Some of that is necessarily for bad reasons. Um, and we'll see sort of see how that plays out. But I think there's, there's, there has to be some sort of framework within rail to say, look, these types of AI applications are fine. They can be validated, you know, by the existing expertise, but others, you know, that and maybe newer applications, more novel, need to have some serious mm -hmm. um, uh, regulation over it, of which we don't know how to do that yet. That's the really important yeah. thing. And, if, and I kind of want to delimitate between sort of your sort of computer vision and your standard sort of machine learning, you know, when we're just churning through lots of big data versus, well, actually, this is like a continuously learning system, which is sort of not supervised in any way. And you know, therefore, how are we regulating that? But but people, we haven't solved that yet. No. And I think, but certainly a framework to say these sort of applications of the AI are fine, but these ones, we actually need to sit down on a case-by-case -case basis. And then you've got that whole thing of those unintended con con consequences. It, yes, and it almost makes you wonder whether there needs to be test cases on the railway which are not on the main network so whether they're on segregated environments or whether they're on you know devolved environments or heritage lines yeah. or wh wherever it is really all those sort of places. yeah yes absolutely goodness it is you know are we going to deal with the rise of the machines are we going to get to a point where you know do you think we'll get autonomous trains do you? I mean, some would argue that we've already got things like DLR, which are not driver operated. That's a very different thing, isn't it? Than you know, a passenger train on on the East Coast Main Line or a freight train running without a driver. I mean, I mean, 
let's just the, let's just go back to the rise of machines rather than the the, the driver point. I think I like to be sensational. Yes, yes, I think. <laughs> But you've got to remember, a lot of these systems are already running autonomously, like the SCADA system, you know, and and stuff like that. They already know their tolerances, and they, mm-hmm. you know, I think so. We have to sort of distinguish between what we mean here. Do I? I think rail is very different to road in that aspect as well. I I, I don't think we will get sort of the 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 rise of machines. But I do think we are into some big societal changes. And maybe I'm going to go a bit wacky here and people be like, what the hell? So I think we will have things, for example, like uh, I'm going out of rail here, like AI, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners. I think that is a thing. We're going to have to accept that. But would it put the bin out? Well, you know, it could be. <laughs> do. Exactly. It could do. Like, I've, My I, husband is listening to this. I do apologise. <laughs> I, I think it could do. And I think, you know, there are some like, you know, fundamental changes coming to society um and yeah you know robotics is improving etc etc um you know as we get more processing power we get better data networks we're able to do more and more things um you know people are talking about quantum computing you can imagine um so i definitely think we're in for some big societal societal changes I think in terms of, yeah, you know, the the, the the rail network, I think one of the things that makes it so complex is it, it is such a complex network. I think where machine learning can really help and some of like the increase in computing power in the future is when we actually try and model the network in real time, we can't really do that today. And there's lots of suppliers in that space trying to do that. You know, system operator is trying to do that. As technology comes through, and we get more processing power, we will be able to do that much more easily. I'm, 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 I'm really certain on that. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But I'm really, I'm really certain on that. But yeah, I mean, the train, the, the train, the, the autonomous train vehicle and the rate, rise of the machines. Um, I don't think it's, as I said before, I don't think it's quite as, quite as sort of um, decisive as it's being made out. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's an enabler. People still need to, you know, I was walking through lift, a station the other day. You still got to repair that lift. There's no Boston Dynamics robot going to repair that lift. Have you seen the space? Got yeah. And the skills <laughs> and the knowledge. You know, the building's going up. Like, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yes. Will it? Will it? In the future, maybe. And people do aim for sci-fi. Like, mm-hmm. people do aim for what they see in the sci-fi movie. So, you know, never say never. Bit of a sit-on-the-fence answer, <laughs> I think that is a perfect way to end today. I really do think that we should do another one of these though, Hayden, and maybe maybe we should talk about the art of the possible or maybe the art of the impossible. And maybe at this point we could ask if anybody's got any questions or any points that they would like to put in and they can put them out to Hayden or I on LinkedIn when we post this or, or in any other way possible. And um, we should perhaps reconvene and talk about rail and AI. Yeah, a little bit later Maybe down the line. Maybe about dystopian things, like you know, they come with it. Because I, I, the one last thing though, like, I do want to finish there is like, if you get this into the big fear is like things like ChatGBT, for example, they're trained on the internet. There's plenty of rubbish on the internet. You know how people get like rubbish responses, and they're like, why? Because half the internet is full of rubbish. In it, like the way it works, ChatGBT is like that. It, it can give you a rubbish outcome. That's why prompts are so important. If your prompt is bad it will go and find what it thinks is the right answer based on your prompt. And if your prompt leads it down the path to 
a garbage source, you will get a garbage answer back. Mm -hmm. How it's how it how how it's built. Um, yeah. Why you know prompt engineering is 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 a bit of a buzzword. So maybe we can do some of those dystopian things as well because yeah, sometimes knowing what not to go down <laughs> is as good as knowing what like the good thing can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds good. Hayden, on that note, thank you ever so much. I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cheers.